Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, the lady that you hear uh, moving uh, juice cans or something in the background <laughs> is my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. We are doing our Pillow Talk remotely. Um, I'm actually in Houston at the um, at the Power Networking Conference with George C. Frazier, and my wife is still in Chicago, but we decided to do a Pillow Talk. So uh, first, I want to ask my lovely wife, how are you doing today, babe? I'm doing okay. You called me out with my, I was making my coffee. So I'm not, I'm not on my pillow. I'm on my coffee. <laughs> That's what oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I guess your mic is good because we can hear the stirring and the, the cups clinking <laughs> and everything else. And uh, I want to say hello to uh, Arel and Terrence and Ilha. Shout out the city you're from. Let us know which city you're coming from. Um, let's see. N Nelly. Uh, King of Hearts, uh, let's see here, Chris Places, uh, Turner, Ira, uh, let us know what city you guys are coming from, because I like to see what cities uh, you're, you're coming in from. El Hodge, uh, what's going on, El Hodge Harris, uh, it's so good to see you, brother, it's always great to see you. Uh, and uh, and also, I want to, I'd be remiss not to start off by mentioning that, um, that we actually have a sponsor for today's podcast, and today's uh, podcast sponsor, the first one I'm going to throw out there, is uh, mobileemergencyhousing.com. Uh, this is a great company. I, I, I believe it's a black-owned business uh, run by uh, someone by the name of Joseph, James Joseph. And Mobile Emergency Housing, it provides emergency disaster housing for insured homeowners who are displaced by a house fire or natural disaster. If you're a homeowner that's been displaced by a house fire or any natural disaster, call 888-201-7999. That's 888-201-7999. And they are a certified minority-owned company. Now, does that mean black-owned? I'm not 100% sure. But it sounds like a good company, and I know that that's a real thing because my my aunt uh, and my actually I had two uncles uh, on both sides of my family in the last three months that actually had their house burned down and needed mobile emergency housing. So this is real stuff, <laughs> but, you know. So um, so uh, so shout out to them for uh, supporting the podcast, and also if you'd like to sponsor uh, an episode or or get a shout out. Uh, on the episode, then just go to drboysfinance.com. That's drboysfinance.com. We will put your business out there. We will market your platform. We will blow you up and put you on blast. It's the least we can do for you supporting us. You support us, we'll support you. All right. So with that said, now that we've gotten that kind of done, uh, I want to ask you all this. Uh, yes or no. How many of you are familiar with, uh, with, with kind of the controversy surrounding Russell Wilson and Sierra? Uh, give me a yes or no in the chat if you've heard any of the discussions about Russell Wilson, who uh, is now playing for the Denver Broncos, he was he was a quarterback with the Seattle Seahawks for many many years, and they should have won a Super Bowl. They just had bad coaching uh, from Pete Carroll that cost them a Super Bowl when they didn't hand the ball to Beast Mode in the last play of the game, so they lost to the Patriots. So football fans know what I'm talking about. If you're not a football fan, you probably think I'm talking crazy, but but y'all get what I'm talking. If, if you saw that game, you saw that game, and you'll never forget it. But anyway, Russell Wilson is a great athlete. Sierra is a great singer. And uh, unfortunately, you know, like everybody else, they have a past and uh, future. Excuse me. Sierra's past actually happens to involve the future. Isn't that funny? Her, her future is in her past. And she dated this guy named Future. Future is an R&B or not R&B. I'm sorry. A hip hop artist uh, who is um, known for not necessarily promoting family values. Let's say that unless you consider family values to mean eight kids with eight babies, mamas and uh, and also you know promoting a lot of drug use and stuff like that in his music. A lot of stuff that, that some people uh, find objectionable and, 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 and challenging. Well, here's the deal. So just to give you kind of a quick recap, and then I'd like to get my wife's kind of take on this. Uh, since Sierra left Future, she was engaged to him for uh, a while. She broke, allegedly, this is the report in the media that they broke up the engagement because, surprise, surprise, he he liked the ladies. You know, he was, he was, he was dipping his... Um, his uh his dipping his fork in in lots of plates and lots of bowls that it shouldn't have been in and uh and she just got tired of it apparently but you know nobody knows nobody's perfect there's always two sides to every story so she now is married to russell wilson she's been married to russell for six years uh they have a beautiful family and uh, a lot of people love what they see at least online and uh and people have actually called russell wilson a square they kind of said, you know, uh, Sierra's only with him because of his money and nobody would want to be with a square. Why would you want to be with a square like Russell Wilson when you can be with a guy like Future and his eight babies, mamas and uh, in, in a mass promotional drug use in the black community? So uh, I'd like to uh, pass the ball to my wife and ask her, 
Uh, what say you, Dr. Alicia? What are your thoughts on all of this? I'm so happy that Russell Wilson finally addressed um, some of the online chatter about him being a quote unquote simp. Like, I, I do see some value in just ignoring and doing your thing. They have a wonderful Facebook page where they all they do is promote positivity. They promote all these wonderful images of healthy black love, beautiful blended family. Everybody uh, seems to celebrate all of the achievements in their lives um, and they they get to do all these wonderful things and it's great to watch. So I just applaud them for smiling and keeping it moving and not really caring what everyone else says. But at the same time, it was nice that he finally addressed it, but he addressed it in such a nice little savvy way where he's just like, I'm squaring up. I'm giving my wife flowers and I'm letting you all know that I'm squaring up. So I think that's just, um, I think it was smart. It was a smart response. And um, when you're when you're secure in your own manhood, you don't feel like you have to dip your fork all over the place. <laughs> you know, when you're secure in who you are as a person and you know your worth, you find a woman who knows their worth and both of you all live in your best life. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the display of love. Hmm. Okay, so uh, you're just enjoying the display of love, all right? And and yes. just for, for those who aren't aware, the way Russell Wilson cleverly responded to uh, some of the chatter, which is coming from a small select group of mostly black men, it's not like the whole black community is saying this. It's really a select group of of men who have their you know a different perception of manhood, different perception of you know relationships, and uh, and he basically just jokingly said. You know, when he gave his wife a bunch of flowers, you know, as, as a special gift, he he surprised her somewhere. And he, he in um, I think in the caption, he said, square up. And uh, and I thought that was a great way to um, to address it without really addressing it. And uh, and I agree. I, I think that the best way to kind of handle people who have critical things to say is to really accept the idea that they're probably just not coming from a good place. You know, uh, a lot of times. You know, if you really look in the backgrounds of guys who think that that men who are engaged in self-destructive behavior represent manhood or men who are bad fathers. I mean, Future's been sued for tremendous emotional neglect that he's placed on his children. Um, you know, I, I saw a birthday party apparently where he did something crazy at the party and was threatening the mother and all this other stuff. This is traumatic for kids. And, and the idea that we think that that's cool really kind of speaks to the fact that there are so many of our people that have been traumatized and they say, well, I was traumatized as a kid. Every black child should be traumatized. If you're living a happy life and you're not getting beaten up every day and your daddy didn't leave you on the, on the, on the street corner, then, then that means that you're weak or you're a punk or you're a simp or you're, you know, or you're a square. And what I like about Russell and Sierra, at least based on the public image, I'm sure their marriage isn't perfect. Like any marriage is not perfect. Um, is I like the fact that they just kind of say, you know what? No, we want to be happy. We really want to live our best life. And uh, and and I don't, you know, because if you look in the lives of some of these rappers, their lives are crazy, chaotic. They broke on drugs. Nobody loves them. <laughs> you know, like no real love. You know, kids are mad at you because daddy was off making records or whatever and smoking blunts. So while the kids are trying to get, you know, get taken to school every day. And it just kind of creates like this weird culture that we have embraced we've, we've come to love the things that are destroying us uh, I, I don't know what do you think oh yeah i mean for sure it it is there's this um message and i i i hope to say that this message um that's being put out that black men are irresponsible and black men aren't raising their children properly and having all these kids that they're all around or whatever. I'm thinking that there's a counter message going on where you're starting to see a lot of black men say, okay, whatever, this is the way I'm going to live my life and I'm going to show it. And, and so I think that there's another message out there saying, this is not all of us. You know, we are all Russell Simmons ish, not Russell Simmons, Russell Wilson ish. And we're all going to be, you know, responsible in all of these things. Um, and for every Russell Wilson type of a family, you know, there's tens and thousands of us, us, I'm including us in this voice. <laughs> there's a bunch of us, mm -hmm. all the people in the chat, there's probably so many of us. And we get so frustrated that the images out there just aren't representative of who we are. It's skewed 
to this tiny little small demographic. And I think that there's a there's a revolution happening where um, where we're starting to see more of ourselves and in the, in the fullness of who we are and what we can be and put that up on the pedestal. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's beautiful. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, by the way, I want everybody to know real quick that you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, is a licensed therapist. She's been seeing clients for over 20 years, and and uh, she is also a full professor of social work. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about uh, what we do or get a free e-copy of my book, Financial Lovemaking, uh, just go get on our newsletter at, at boyceandalicia.com. There's lots of free stuff, and you can learn a lot. And uh, we will make your life better. Uh, so um, here's what um, here's what I'm hearing from you, and, uh, Alicia, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm at the Power Networking Conference right now with George C. Frazier down in Houston. And just this morning, I kid you not, I went down to the gym. I said, you know what? My wife has been pushing me to get on this treadmill. And I'm glad you do that because they, I don't know about anybody in here that's over 40 or you know whatever you, you probably know that the battle against obesity is a daily fight against it. so every day i get up and i say i'm going to fight cuz i'm not going to get i'm not going to get chubby i'm going to get my butt down to the gym so i go down to the gym at 7 in the morning and in the gym i met uh three black men in the gym now i want y'all to listen see th these are the black men that you don't see on tv these are the black men that they don't talk about they want to talk about the ignorant guys the criminals the, the, the thugs, the, the morons, the, the, the destructive men, uh, because those are the entertainers. Those are the ones that, you know, the guys that they that's what they think of the black man. Right. So so we're not really showing up as a stereotype. So they, you know, media doesn't pay attention to guys like this. So the first black man I met was from Nigeria and we started a conversation and uh, it turned out because I'm one third Nigerian, according to my DNA. And that, that was our start tip off point with the conversation Well, this guy was a multimillionaire. You know, he, he runs a major institute in um, in Nigeria. And we were just talking about Nigeria and, and made plans to connect. And one day, babe, just so you know, we did get invited to Nigeria. So just put that on your calendar. Uh, the second black man I met was a black man who was from Portland, Oregon. His name was Alan Bean. And Alan Bean was telling me that he was developing technology to build wooden skyscrapers. And that was a fascinating conversation because I'm like, I didn't even know that you can build a skyscraper out of wood. I don't know. Give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of y'all knew that you can actually build a wooden skyscraper? Did anybody know that? Did anybody know that? Now, now, now process this, right? Which black man is going to get the most media attention? The multimillionaire black man who's heavily invested in education. Uh, the, uh, the highly intelligent black man who is developing technology for wooden skyscrapers. Or... The, the the thug who, who wants to smoke blunts all day and get girls pregnant and throw all his money away with, with buying a, a 50 pound Gucci belt. Like which which man is going to get the attention from racist mainstream media? And it's, you know, and, and, and what's crazy and that we got to pay attention to this as black people is that these are the hidden black men. And there's millions of you. And so let me tell you about the third black man I met. I got to just pay respect. I'm sorry. So the first uh, Nigerian's name, his name was Linus. The second brother, his name was Alan. The third brother, who I do not remember his name, but I kid you not. The third brother, uh, he had some kind of business. And I can't remember what his business was. We only talked for a second. But he's making millions of dollars running his business. Where are these black men? How come nobody talks about these guys? And, what, and, and, there's, and, and, and we were all sitting there talking as a group. And nobody, you know, these are all masculine men. You know, we all love our wives. We love our community. We, we love education. And what's frustrating, I think, about the world is that men like this don't get the attention because they want to mass market the, the messages that are going to destroy young, young men and not put them in a position to be successful. What do you say? Oh, yeah, I, I totally get that. And the, and the sad part about it is that when you have somebody like Russell Wilson, um, you know, promoting all of these things that you're talking about, he gets all these critics. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like it's almost like, how do you address your critics? <laughs> you know, you don't want to address them in a way where you kind of play into it. Because really, when someone's sending a message to you, and they're criticizing you, so they can say, oh, Boyce is a simp. And when you reply to that, and when you respond to that, then you're feeding them. It's like you're giving them so much of your energy. And there are a lot of people who, who feed off of the, all that hate. And really, I don't even know. I think a critic, I shouldn't even say that. Critics 
are someone who has something constructive to say. I would say, I would call them maybe, do people call them trolls or just people who just want to be negative on the internet no matter what? You know, just spew out this negativity. And so it's really, it's a very dynamic thing on how to respond to it because you have to kind of, in order to like go back and forth with someone, first of all, it's exciting to them because they're like, ooh, I made this terrible comment on Voices page and he's addressing it. And the receiving end of it, he's getting energy from that. He's like, ooh, you know, there's a rush that happens when people spew all that negativity and play into it. So you have to come up with a really brilliant way, which is what Russell Wilson did, a really nice way to kind of address it, but at the same time, keep keep above it. You have to stay above your critics. But, you know, when you look at media, you look at all this stuff, it's just like you feel like it's an uphill battle. And at the end of the day, you just have to kind of turn it off and say, you know what, all that matters to me is what's happening inside of me and what's happening with the people around me. And those are the people I care and love. I'm going to focus my attention on that instead of focusing my attention on outward. I think that's probably the only answer that all of us can do. But I think, boys, for you this morning, it probably was very refreshing to be in the company of all these people who are similar to you. These are your people who are at the gym at seven in the morning. And so those are those, you know, that type of circle, these should be your friends that you hang out with all the time. I'm not saying that you need to be friends with them, but these are the type of people that you that you should hang out with. <laughs> You know, what do you yeah. Think? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you, I, I met these brothers and I, I really felt at home. It was really great. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome to you know, it's awesome to be a, a hardworking person who who believes in intelligence and and goal setting and investing and all these other things and family and and community and, and to not feel like, you, you know, people think you're talking down to them. You know, that's the problem is that because we want to be humble people we get around people that just aren't trying to really accomplish anything good. And they say, Oh, you're preaching. Oh, you think you're better than everybody else. Or, or, or you got blessed and you got money. That's why, you know, that's why you don't understand what it's like to be black. And you, and you start to feel guilty. I don't know if anybody else goes through that. Give me a yes in the chat. If you ever feel that way, if you feel like, you know, some of your relatives feel like you're, you're, you're being uh, preachy or, or, or disrespectful because you simply want something better for your family or the people around you. And it, it is tough. It's really, really tough. And and I, I think that what what I think we have to do is those of us that that kind of get it, you know, it, uh, we have a culture, too. You know, when BET talks about the culture, you know, and they're talking about hip hop and everything else going on in that culture. I think we have to when we when we talk about the culture, when we're doing it for the culture, um, in my view, the, the culture the culture represents strong black families. The culture represents educated black people. The culture represents taking care of our children. The culture represents responsibility and accountability. The culture represents working hard and building wealth and, and, and investing for the future. That's the culture. When when I talk, so when I say I'm doing it for the culture, that's what I'm talking about. And I, and I think a lot of people get that. Yeah, and it's so funny because when I guess I, I don't ever use those words, I'm doing it for the culture, I'm just doing it. But I mean, in the, in the sense of mental health, you know, for a lot of men, it's just like manhood means you you have this physical toughness and roughness and mental toughness. And, and, you know, to counter that is no, you know, real men do cry. <laughs> real men do fall in love. We're, real men are sensitive and have emotions. Everything doesn't have to be on um, this overemphasis on power and status, power and status and misogyny. Good grief. I mean, just to go out and have 10 children with 10 or 10 different women, I mean, that's not real manhood. That is like inflicting a whole lot of disappointment and a lot of hurt onto some of those women because those are 10 failed relationships. And in, well, in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, can I say off. something? Please, please. No, 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 no. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, though, you know, those women who lay down and sleep with future, they know what they're getting into. You know, like, okay, so, so I, 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 I think, I think more so in terms of hurting the feelings of the children. That's what I'm thinking about. Like no real man 
should want to create a baby just so you can disappoint that baby your whole life. I mean, I just think just generally as a principle of manhood, you should do things that are going to make your children proud of you. They're going to make your kids feel connected to you. They're going to make your kids look up to you. And so if you are a man who just splatters your seed everywhere to the point where your kids say, man, my daddy wasn't nothing. Um, you should be ashamed of that. I don't care what kind of man you are, whether you are hyper-masculine man or a not-so-masculine man, that should be embarrassing to you if all your children are like, man, my daddy wasn't nothing. You know? Yeah, the best... Yeah. Would you oh, please, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you the, best way, the best way to love your child is to love the mom. Because in some instance, when you mistreat the mom and, and you're quote-unquote loving the child, the child is thinking, oh my goodness, if my dad is doesn't love my mom and I'm half of my mom, then my dad doesn't love me. So, you know, children want to see their parents happy. They want to see their parents healthy. They want to see their parents um, live a fulfilled life, believe it or not. Children really, they want the best for their parents. And, um, and, and they don't want to see their, their mother or father or the people in their household, the people who are responsible for them. They don't want to see them hurt and in tears and in a terrible place and um, finding, you know, whatever it is, you know, all of these things. They don't want to see that. They want to see their parents happy and in love. And I think it's like put your differences to the side and be able to demonstrate that type of respect, basic level of respect um, to the other parent so that the child feels like, oh, wow, so my, my parent now respects me. It's an unconscious thing that happens in children. Yeah. Mm. Well, everybody, yeah, you listen that's to manhood. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, everybody, you listen to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I'm a finance professor. My wife is a professor of social work and uh, also a licensed therapist. If you'd like to learn more about what Dr. Alicia does, uh, then please visit uh, coachingwithdralicia.com. And uh, also, I want to give a shout out to another uh, another company that is uh, helping to sponsor this podcast. Uh, it's Ancient Healing Teas by Amina Shakita James. And I, it took me a while to learn how to properly try to properly uh, state her name. And uh, Amina Shakita, if you are hearing this and I said your name wrong, please forgive me. But uh, her website is ancienthealingtees.com. And she says, if you are experiencing fibroids or looking for a natural solution, check out Ancient Healing Teas. They have products for fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, and fertility issues. Amazing success stories at their website which is ancienthealingtees.com. You can use the code BOYCE15 for a 15% off your order. So that's BOYCE15, all one word. I'm going to put the URL on the screen. And uh, shout out for uh, supporting the podcast. If you'd like to also get your business or your website or your YouTube channel, shout it out on the platform. Uh, just go to drboysfinance.com. That's drboysfinance.com. And I'm going to put Ancient Healing Tees website on the on the web, on the screen so you guys can see it. So so let me let, let me hop into this. So so you were talking about, babe, earlier you were talking about money, power, and status. All right. So uh, so that led me to a thought. Um, I was thinking, okay, so what does that really look like? You know, and I get that. I don't think there's anything wrong with men uh, wanting money, power, and status. I, I think that that's something I, you know, you know me, I'm old school. I believe that that's, that that's what men want. Men, men, we want power. We like, we want to be successful. And so let's, let's kind of look at this. So here you have future versus Russell Wilson. Uh, future is apparently considered cool by some Russell Wilson is considered uh, to some by some to be a square. Uh, let's kind of look and let's ask ourselves. I think we should ask ourselves this question. What makes future so cool? Let's start with future. What makes Future cool? Um, uh, well, he's, he's got a lot of talent. He's, he's a great artist um, in, in certain ways. I mean, I wish his music had different content, but, you know, it is what it is. He's, he's right, he has a right to say what he wants. He's famous. Um, I believe he's got some money. I don't know how long that money's going to last because eight babies' mamas are expensive. And I would really hate to try to take that lottery ticket and be baby mama number nine. Uh, baby mama number nine is going to be married a guy that where she has to share her husband's resources with eight other households. And all those households are going to be showing up to pick up their check every month. I don't know how easy that is to sustain. Um, so, so that's future. 
And then you talk about Russell Wilson. Well, what makes Russell a square? Russell's considered a square. Everybody says he's a square. He's a square. Okay. Well, is it his talent? Is he, you know, give me a yes or no. Do you think that Russell Wilson is as talented as, as future? This man has been in NFL, one of the top rated NFL quarterbacks for many, many years. Uh, he just got signed with the Denver Broncos. Uh, he's got, he's, he's world famous. Uh, he's known for being one of the best quarterbacks around. Uh, he's, he's famous just like, just like future is, um, now money wise, he's probably got more money than future and will have more money than future. Russell Wilson, y'all may not know this, uh, but Russell Wilson is reportedly on his way to signing a contract with the Denver Broncos for a quarter of a billion dollars. A quarter of a billion dollars. Now, now let's just be clear. Future ain't going to sell enough records to make a quarter of a billion dollars. Future will never have a quarter of a billion dollars. So, so again, if you want to just get into that simple criteria of, well, who's the most successful? Who's the biggest baller? Future, Russell Wilson could buy Future's whole family 18 times over and still have money left to burn. Also, because he is focusing his resources on one family and not trying to raise eight at the same damn time. Future had a song, got two bad idiots at the same damn time, at the same damn time, at the same damn So you trying to take care of eight babies' mamas at the same damn time. <laughs> you can't afford that. <laughs> Russell Wilson could, though, because with a quarter of a billion dollar contract, that would be about, what, 40, what, what's that, $30 million dollars Per baby's mama, that that would be he, he can afford that and still have money left over. So so I'm just sitting here trying to understand what black man in his right mind would think that the guy with, who's going to literally be stressed out, whose kids are going to whose, whose kids don't respect him, who's going to probably go broke because he can't afford all those women and all those kids is 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 cool. Oh, oh, oh let's not forget about the fact that he mass promotes uh, drugs that kill your brain cells. Russell Wilson works out. He stays in shape. He, he's not destroying his brain cells. Apparently, future is because he raps about Molly and Percocet, very dangerous drugs. Uh, so, so how is that cool? But the guy who's got the quarter of a billion dollar contract, who loves his wife, whose kids will honor him, your even future's son looks up to Russell more than he looks up to his own damn daddy. Yo, why in the world would you say that that second guy's a square unless you are either incredibly immature, mentally ill, don't know all the facts, or you just have some bad examples in your life? And if that's the case, I feel very sorry for you. What do you say to that, Dr. Alicia? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, people who um, make fun of Russell Wilson like that, I, I would assume that people who think that that's square I, I would I would imagine they probably have a lot of depression and anxiety, and um, and they're just projecting their own issues onto the situation. But I think it's so beautiful that Russell Wilson is doing so wonderful with a black woman by his side. Like he didn't become great until he committed to a black woman. And I think that this is a trend that I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of men, the men who I follow or that I look at. You, especially when they get into like this public space where you can kind of watch their life and their career. I see big blowups once they get and they settle down with a black woman, like their career takes off in some way. There's this synergy that happens between um, a black man and a black woman who, tr woman who truly love each other and they're right by your side, supporting each other and doing these things. I really do see a glow up, not physically, but just, in, in all areas of your life. This is the sort of trend that I'm, I'm noticing and I'm seeing, I think it's really great. And when you talk about that money, power and status, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have money, power and status. Like, you know, all of us need to be ambitious and we need to have all that sort of thing. But where I think the issue comes, where it becomes connected with depression and anxiety is when you put your worth, your worth as a man, is solely placed on money, power, and status. I'm gonna have, I'm a man on a day that I make a million dollars. I'm not a man on the day that I lose $500,000. You know, it's just where you place your self-worth on all of these external things. And, you know, that's where you start to have mental health issues. And that's where you look at, you honor somebody and look at someone just based on what they have. For women, 
it's mostly like physical appearance or, you know, how I look, I put on my, I'm only going to have a good day when I'm having a good hair day, or, <laughs> you know, I only feel good about myself when I'm wearing the trendiest clothes or my nails are done. If that's not it, I don't feel good about myself. And so you're putting all this, your worth on things that don't even matter. It would be so nice if all of us had high self-esteem, our entire economy would just crumble because <laughs> our, our whole economy is built off of, all of these people needing to have these things in order to feel good, not having a lot of material things. And it doesn't matter if you have it or if you don't, you're placing all of your worth on yourself and you know you feel good, whether you have a, a baggy t-shirt on or if you're wearing the latest trend. So, um, so shout out. I mean, I really love um, Sierra because she definitely, she wrote that song, Level Up. She definitely leveled up when she went to Russell Wilson. So that was probably like her little dedication to her husband <laughs> with that song. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, I, I do agree with you. And by the way, I want to mention to everybody, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia. Could everybody take one second, please, and uh, hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done that yet, uh, if everybody could just do that, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. Uh, if you could do that real quick for us, that would really help the platform. Also, you can hear this podcast on Spotify and Apple. So if you are not, um, if you if you if you're not a video or YouTube person, you can also hear it uh, on all those other platforms too. And Alicia's website is coachingwithdralicia.com. Uh, she sees clients. Uh, she's a therapist. And uh, also, the sponsor for today is uh, ancient or ancient ancienthealingtees.com. Uh, you can use the code word voice 15 uh, to get a 15% off discount. And uh, they are a great healing tea for uh, fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, and fertility issues. Uh, use the code voice 15 for 15% off your order. And uh, if you'd like to sponsor one of the podcasts or get a shout out for your business, just go to drvoicefinance.com. That's drvoicefinance.com. And we'll, we'll blow your platform up as much as we can. All right. So here's what... Um, uh, so, so I agree with you, right, about that whole, uh, you know, need uh, to have external achievements in order to feel good about yourself, right? I'm not a man unless I make so much money. I'm not a man if I don't do X, Y, Z. Um, I think that that the, when it's taken to the extreme, obviously it's a problem, right? You know, because all of us, anybody who's ever been successful. Uh, give me a shout out if you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever, you know, anything you've ever been good at, you know that you're going to have to face a lot of failure in order to achieve success. Like you're not going to sort of get everything you want the first time out. It's not going to be easy. You're going to get a lot of setbacks and, and everything else. And uh, and so so what I have learned how to do, uh, at least is what I try to do, is you know, when I fail, I never feel like I'm less of a man when I fail than I am when I succeed. You know, I, I don't feel like success will, or making money is the requirement for me to be the man. What, re, what What's required for me to feel like a man, to be honest with you, is doing my best. That's it. You know, doing my best. So if I fail and I did my best, then yeah, I'm, I'm a man. And, and, I, and, and now also remember this, being a man is different from being the man. So you have guys like Russell Wilson who just want to be the man, you know, so Russell Wilson will go and really want to win a Super Bowl or really want to win that football game. And he's against a bunch of other strong men and he wants to be, he doesn't just want to be a man. He knows he's a man. He wants to be the man. Right. And I think it's okay for black men to say, I want to be the man. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, but, but I think at the same time, you are right though, that there has to be a, a fundamental underlying value system that allows you to still feel good about who you are, even if you don't get the prize or get the trophy or get the money, et cetera. Because I know a lot of great men who don't make a lot of money. You know, they, they, they have regular jobs. They get up, they, they do their best every day. They, they show love to their children and their family every day. And in my view, that, that makes you 100% of a man. Now, I, you know, I'm going to be honest, though. I don't, I don't give out a manhood card to every man I see, though. If you have a wife and kids that you're neglecting, you don't care about your kids. If you don't even get off the couch and try, if you're uh, destroying yourself and destroying the people around you, hurting other people on a regular basis, that's a type of manhood I can't get with. You know, maybe maybe you're still a man in some people's eyes. And, and, and I think in hip hop, you know, you have a lot of guys that feel like they're, they're you know, they're the man or whatever. But some of the things they're doing are really hurtful to other people. 
that's where I have to draw a line. Because like when I told our son, I said to him, I said, look, the criteria of being a man in my view is to ask yourself one basic question. Are the, the, the people that you care about, are their lives better or worse because you're around? If, if their lives are markedly better in multiple areas that you can point to, that means that you're doing your job. If their lives are worse, if everybody's traumatized because you, you're beating up mama every time you come home, you're coming home drunk, beating up your kid's mother and your kids are, are scared to death of you, or you're not handling your responsibility financially. And so the, the whole family's homeless now, even though you had an opportunity to get them out of that situation. Or you're choosing to do things that are hurtful. You, you molest somebody. You, you're, you're stealing from people. If their lives are worse off because you're around, then that means real men are going to have to check you on that behavior because that is anti-family, anti-community, and ultimately anti-Black. So I think what we have to do as Black people is be very careful about glorifying um, anti-Black anti behavior. That's my two Oh, my cents. God. Yes. And, you know, if people were to do that, I would go out of business. <laughs> and I, yeah, I really, I really, it's true. <laughs> and I really, okay. I, go out of, I really do hope one day I go out of business. Like, I want to be able to, I want to work myself out of the job. <laughs> because it is, it is, you know, so many times it's my everyday existence here. And, and yeah, I was so, I was so love it. And just know that when you were talking, I love when you mentioned it's so important to do your best, <laughs> you know, and that is just so important because um, you, you win some and you lose some, you cannot change that. That is, that is one thing. I think they call it like a universal law that universal laws are things that just is like, you cannot change it. Like you just have to ride with it. So you have to go into whatever you do, knowing that you're going to win some and lose some no matter what, but you have to be committed to what it is that you're, you're doing. So if my, if my goal in life is to educate the future generation of therapists, and I want to do a really good job at it, you know, and that's all I'm focusing on. I'm always going to win and lose, but my, my focus is going to be on making that the best job. If my, my job is to help couples find clarity in their relationship, whether the relationship is dissolved or whether and they decide to move on or whether they decide to strengthen their relationship, whatever it is, my job is to help people work through their issues to find clarity. That's all I'm focusing on. So those are the two things that I do every single day when I wake up in the morning. I'm trying to figure out how do I get really great couples together, really great individuals together so that they can find love. How do I work with people so that they can continue to be committed to that whole process? And how do I help the next generation of master's students um, become, you know, um, helpers and healers in our community. Those are the things that I do every single day. And so sometimes I win at it, sometimes I don't. And that's what I focus on. And I always look for an opportunity to get better and an opportunity, um, you know, to learn from all the different fails. I fall on my face. You know, I do all sorts of things like that. But I'm always looking, I'm committed to those three things, uh, no matter what the outcome. So I am doing my best. I get you, boys. I get you. <laughs> well, uh, everybody, um, uh, do, do us a favor real quick. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, Dr. Alicia, you can actually follow her at coachingwithdralicia.com. That's her website where she sees her clients and things like that. And uh, also uh, my website is voicewalkins.com. So feel free to go there as well. Um, so let, let's, let's, dig a, let's, let's dig a little deeper into this uh, thing with, with future Russell Wilson. So we were talking about future Russell Wilson. And basically, uh, Russell kind of subtly responded to the people that were calling him a square by jokingly saying, you know, we should all square up. Um, I think that's I think that's awesome. Actually, I really like the way he responded. Uh, and uh, the other interesting thing about the, the difference between these two guys is that when I look at Russell Wilson and what, the, what he and his uh, wife represent, I think about this guy that I'm going to put on the screen. Uh, some of you may or may not know him. Give me a yes or no if you know this guy's face. I'm going to put his face up there and give you guys a second to answer. Uh, this is a football player who had uh, quite a bit to say about Russell Wilson in future. Give me a yes or no uh, if you're a real football fan and you know this guy's face. Uh, all right. So I see, okay, Wayne says yes. All right, I see some I see some yeses. I see some no's. 
Well, let me just tell you who this guy is. This guy's name is Channing Crowder. And Shannon Crowder is an extraordinary uh, player. I, I think I, I don't know if he's still in the NFL or used to, or or or, um, or used to be. But either way, though, he's on a, a podcast, and he actually started a conversation about future Russell Wilson by basically saying Russell was, uh, uh, I think he said a square, lame, something like that, and and basically like why would you pick Russell Wilson over a guy like a future. Now, uh, when I saw the comment, I thought that was really interesting. And uh, and and I really kind of wanted to try to understand where he was coming from. And uh, and I'm going to agree with it's just me in the chat. It's just me actually is giving a foreshadow of what I'm about to say. Sometimes when you hear a criticism, you got to look at the point of view of the person that's making the comment or any comment, not just a criticism, but any comment. And so with Shannon Crowder, I looked the brother up. I looked up his background. I really wanted to find out about his parents. What's his family situation? I know his father was a football player. He grew up in Pennsylvania and uh, he's been a great athlete his whole life. But it's interesting because there was one point in the podcast where he actually, according to what I read, he had literally said he went to play in London and he literally said something like, I can't find London on a map. He literally said, I can't find London on a map. <laughs> and then he also said <laughs> that there's no black people in London. <laughs> so <laughs> when I read that, I said, okay maybe he's not the brightest bulb in the tree. And, uh, and uh, now, may, no, don't get me wrong. He's a great football player, but he might possibly, at least based on those comments, he, he, he sounded like he fits in someone might, if you want to be nasty, you could say maybe this is a dumb jock kind of thing. I don't know. But, but really I think that this is a lesson for all of us. When you hear somebody criticize you, I think you should really consider the source. That's the point. If, if you, you know, you're trying to start a business, you're trying to go out and make a million dollars and somebody says that's not that's not possible or you uppity or that's stupid. Well, ask yourself, have they ever made a million dollars? And if the answer is no, then the, the, what you got to do is challenge yourself at that point and say, why are you listening to somebody who obviously does not know what they're talking about? So Shannon Crowder, I don't know his personal life. I don't know, I you know his. I, I know he appeared on the show called Ballers Wives or something like that. And I think he's he is married actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he clearly comes from a a culture that's just one that's a little bit different from a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast. And so I think that when you talk about Russell Wilson, I think we have to definitely acknowledge that most people look at Russell and Sierra and they're proud of what they see. You know, not to put them on a pedestal. They're not better than anybody else. Uh, and I'm sure their family has challenges like everybody else. But I think that the majority of the black community, the people that don't get all the attention because they're not on some big podcast where they could just say crazy, ridiculous things. Uh, most regular people, you know, when they see a black man with his wife and the children and the baby and everybody's happy, most black folks like that picture. I don't know. Give me a yes or no. If you see an image like this and it makes you feel good about being black you know, this is black love. This is black family. This is black wealth. This is black excellence. This is black intelligence. What is there not to love about a black man and black woman working together to achieve amazing things? I don't know. Give me a yes in the chat if y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I really, really think when somebody can look at a picture like this and say, oh, that's a bunch of BS, that just tells me that they're probably not in the most positive space. Or maybe because you have remember this, because remember the, the U.S. government spent many years working to systematically destroy black families. Their goal was to destroy the black family. Their goal was to put black men in prison for 100 years, make the black woman feel like she got to be Superman and make these children grow up, uh, believing that having one parent is the ideal model of a family. So what you have to understand, black people, is that you become addicted to the poison. You know, and then my, and my wife is actually an expert on addiction. I'm not making that up. She really is. She, you can talk about your credentials, babe. <clears throat> but and I saw, so, but I'm going to go ahead and, um, and step outside of my lane a little bit and say that that it, when you think about drugs, like you think about a drug like heroin, heroin ain't good for you. Heroin is eventually going to kill you. Heroin's going to mess you up. But you can get to the point where your body can't even function without the heroin. And, and I, I think that that's what's happened for us. The drug is trauma. The drug is uh, broken families. The drug is 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 pain. The drug that we become addicted to is just chaos. And for some people, when they don't see chaos in their relationships, they think, oh, well, this is boring or this is lame or you a square or you a simp. Why? 
because you're not bringing the drug to the party. What do you think, Dr. Alicia? Yeah, What's I couldn't take? agree. I couldn't agree more with you, boys. And I think that we all need to go into a detox program. <laughs> we all need to detox. <laughs> we got, I think that's the biggest way to do it. Just quit cold turkey and just detox ourselves. <laughs> Talk about your background in addiction. I think people should know that so they know they're not just listening to somebody who's just giving an opinion. What What, oh what is your experience God. when it comes to addiction? And you've taught classes on it, stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I've taught classes. Um, let's see, am I teaching? No, not this semester, spring semester, next semester, I always teach a class on addictions and um, treatment of addictions and assessment of addictions. And it's multifaceted, of course, but a lot of it starts from trauma. And it, it's so funny. There's just like this mitigating process when you're, when the, that the body goes through that helps to protect itself. So when you're confronted with a situation that is shocking or surprising your body actually goes into shock like have you ever heard of that story where like a man this man he was hit by a car and he walked something like 10 meters or 100 meters away from the place where he got hit and he had a broken leg and a broken pelvis and all of that and people are like how did he walk all the way through there it's because your body is in shock you don't even know what's going on he was just walking mm. and you know, I think he was on his way to pick his kids up from school. He got into this big car accident and he's just like, his mind was like, I'm going to go pick my kids up. So he's trying to walk in the direction to pick his kids up, not even realizing that this really big traumatic thing happened to him. That is the body's way of dealing with <laughs> dealing with this kind of trauma. It, you separate yourself from your body, which is a survival mm. mechanism, right? <laughs> the problem is that when you and eventually you're going to have to get back into your body and process what happened and that's painful right you have to get your leg has to be in a cast you have to deal with your wounds and what happens is a lot of people don't want to deal with their wounds they want to continue to be disassociated <laughs> and they just and nothing can do it better than an addiction so mm. you know those are that's sort of the reason why people gravitate and it makes sense it makes sense if you don't have a doctor or a nurse or someone there who saw the trauma and can uh, call ambulance 911 and help to um, help you deal with that pain physically and mentally, emotionally. If you don't have someone there to deal with it, you continue to be outside of your body. And so that would make you susceptible to dealing with addictions. You don't have the proper people in your environment that helps you process all of your feelings. That's why it's not good when we get into this toxic masculinity that it's masculine not to show emotions. No, emotions is what makes you sane. It was what makes you mentally healthy when you start to be addicted to money that we just talked about it making money power even workaholics are avoiding something what are you avoiding that's painful in your life and so that's basically the umbrella of why addictions are oh my goodness and i'm not even just talking about drug addictions and substance abuse i'm talking about shopping addictions <laughs> gambling addictions like it all has that sort of um place in our brain to keep our body in this state of I don't know, sympathetic nervous system, so to speak. It keeps our body in that state. And so um, so anyway, you have to deal with it. You, eventually, sometimes instead of numbing out, you're going to have to deal with it and get into your body and figure out what's going on. And part of that process is to detox from the drug. But when people detox, you got to replace it with something. <laughs> so it needs to be replaced mm. with healthy behaviors. You know, you can't expect someone to detox and they got nowhere to go to, you know. So it, that is it in a nutshell in terms of addictions. And um, anyway, so what, what do you what do you say to that voice? <laughs> well, uh, I, I want everybody to know that um, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce oh. and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins and that brilliant, um, beautiful black woman that you're listening to is my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. And if everybody could take one second and subscribe to the platform or hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Also, in case you don't know, we are on Spotify and Apple and uh, a lot of the other platforms. So if you look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown on Spotify, the Dr. Boyce Breakdown, you can actually find the podcast on Spotify. And uh, also I want to uh, thank uh, one of the sponsors for this podcast, Ancient Healing Teas. Uh, which uh, are designed to help you with fibroids and PCOS and 
uh, lots of other things that, that plague us. And um, you can actually get 15% off by using the code voice 15 to get 15% off your order. Uh, their website is right there, ancienthealingtees.com. So let's support black businesses. If you'd like your black business to get promoted on this platform, uh, we have about a million subscribers on different YouTube channels. Uh, we, we simulcast in multiple places, not just one. Uh, you can go to drboysfinance.com and uh, we will shout out your business. We will blow up your platform and uh, you guys can see that, you know, it really it's a win-win for everybody. All right. So let me uh, let me actually hop in, babe. I want to mention something to you real quick. Somebody sent this during the podcast. And I want to just address this. Uh, I don't know if you all know, Brittany Griner just got nine years in prison, uh, in a Russian prison. They formally sentenced her. And uh, I guess now the ball's in the court of Joe Biden uh, in terms of what he's going to do. Uh, did you all know this? How many of you all knew about this, uh, that Brittany Griner got nine years in prison today? Uh, what 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 do you think about that whole situation? I mean, just I'd like to get your quick take on that, babe. Oh, my goodness. How helpless do we all feel? I mean, she's not the only one in prison. You know, there are a lot of other U.S. citizens that are in prison. But what a heartbreak. And it looks like she's probably going to serve the whole time if they can't come up with an agreement. I thought they came up with an agreement, boys. What well, was- I, heard, I heard that they offered uh, to release, um, uh, I guess, a Russian arms dealer in exchange for Britney. So I think that there has been some conversation, some negotiation. I would find it hard to believe that she's going to end up serving the sentence. Um, you know, but what I really think everybody, what, you know, so, so I hope Britney gets, gets out. I don't, I don't agree with what she did. Um, you know, I, I think that you got to understand the importance of respecting the country's laws. No question about that, but I, I don't think she deserves nine years in prison. I, I, I just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, but the other part of me is is feeling like um, we have to be cautious about sort of just over sympathizing with her just because she's an athlete. Remember that there are a lot of unfamous people who went to other countries, got busted and have been sitting in jail for a decade. There are a lot of people, any of you in here, LaShawn and Darth and Darren, Darlene, Jason Diamond. If you went to Russia right now, and decided you was going to put a little something, something in your suitcase and got caught. How many of y'all think, give me a yes or no. How many of y'all think that if any of us, including me, including me, how many of y'all think that if any of us went to Russia and got caught with something in our bag and got nine years in prison, that Joe Biden would come through and get us out of jail? How many of y'all think that? Give me a yes or no. Do you think he would do that? Uh, yeah, I, you answer, know. Oh, go, mm-hmm. go ahead, man. I, yeah, I, I only I mean, only mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Oh, go you you go ahead, babe. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, I mean I'm, I try to look at like what could come of this. You know, maybe a high profile person being uh, incarcerated with this draconian sentence, right? Maybe that will draw some more attention on all of the other unknown people who are going through something similar. Maybe her, this high profile case will draw some attention, public attention and public sentiment to not even just Brittany Griner, but all the other people who are in similar shoes as her. Maybe, maybe getting her out will start the ball rolling on getting a lot of other people out. You know, I'm just, I'm seeing it as um kind of I, I hate that because it's happening to someone that it's a public figure and we all feel kind of sorry for her her wife has been devastated by this whole thing and if you listen to her interviews you know she really you know she's really hurting she's having difficulty um uh connecting with her i think they promised her that they would at least talk to each other or see each other on some in some ways and they haven't been able to do that and so just the pain that we're seeing from from Brittany Griner and her wife hopefully this will keep get the ball rolling for people to be more compassionate to the experiences of family members and individuals who are in a situation like this yeah and I, I do agree with that um I'm gonna say that I don't agree that this is going to change anything about how the Russians do their criminal justice system I don't I don't think Brittany Griner's incarceration or even if it were LeBron James being incarcerated, um, I don't think that's going to change how the Russians do things in Russia. And 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 so even though I care about Brittany, I hate seeing her go through this. I, I have to 
challenge myself to not be overly sympathetic to the fact that just, you know, because she's a celebrity, she deserves more attention than everybody else. I'm really thinking about everybody in here that's listening right now. You know, I've traveled around the world. I've been to Russia. I've been to China. I've been to, you know, Africa and places like that. And the, the reality that I need our folks to really understand is you go over there and you break their laws. Ain't nobody coming to get you. You know, sometimes I think that we have this idea that American exceptionalism will come and save the day that, oh, my God, how dare you incarcerate an American that you're going to pay for that because my president is going to come get you. He's going to shoot nuclear. He's going to shoot missiles at your at your, you know, at your country if you don't come get me out. No, there's a lot of Americans in prison in other countries who Mm -hmm. ain't coming out for a long time, you know, And, and a lot of them are locked up for things that you know, wouldn't we barely get a slap on the wrist in the United States. So just be careful, everybody. I mean, this, you know, I hope, I hope Brittany gets out, um, I, I, you know, for her family. I don't think she deserves any of this, but I really am also thinking about all the families of everybody in here, because believe me, if you're in Russia and you get busted like that and they give you nine years, you, you won't even make the local newspaper. Like it won't even be a conversation point in the media. And, 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 and I, and so, and I, I just really, that this so this should should probably scare you a little bit, you know, because Brittany's mm-hmm. Brittany's one of the lucky ones. That's what I mean. She's one of the lucky ones because at least we're talking about her. At least the president has acknowledged her. President Biden wouldn't acknowledge any of us. He would acknowledge me, you know. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, yeah, I've got my million subscribers on YouTube and all that. He, he wouldn't give a damn about me. So go 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 ahead, babe. Uh, what what are your parting thoughts on this? Yeah, it just. Um... Well, I mean, you know, we have this war going on with Russia and Ukraine, like, and, you know, maybe things will change. Maybe things will change for the better. I'm, I'm a little more hopeful than you are <laughs> with things. Uh, I see, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we will see some progress in this area. We don't know, like, there's some rumors that Putin is, has some health issues. So we don't know if, like, if he's, for whatever reason, needs to step down, um, I'm certain things might change. So I don't know. I'm a pretty, I'm pretty hopeful for the future. I don't think Russia can continue in this war the way that they're doing. I think there has to be an end to this eventually. And uh, so I'm just, I'm very hopeful with this whole Brittany Griner thing. And maybe there could be several prison exchanges, you know, where we can kind of deal with our own issues on our own soil. That's, that's my hope. That's my hope for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I wish you the best. I wish you the best. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and also everybody in here, I wish you all the best. And uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, that you that we appreciate the fact that you check us out. Uh, we love you. And, uh, and and we are always here uh, to support you. And uh, in fact, if you uh, in the chat or in the comments have a topic that you want us to ever address on a future pillow talk, just let us know. And I want to remind everybody that we, that Alicia and I are going to be at the All Black National Convention. That's going to happen October 28th through the 30th in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a great big black family reunion. It's the coolest thing in the world. You're going to love it. You know, there's so many, there's panels and and experts and networking sessions and training, training seminars and just all kinds of awesome stuff that happens at the convention. Also, Alicia is going to do speed dating uh, this year again because it was such a hit last time. So uh, if you want to just hang out with cool people who are from your community, who think like you, who want to build like you, go find your play cousins. Come and find your new relatives at the All Black National Convention. Bring your kids. We have a whole educational track for children. You're going to love it. So if you'd like to learn more about the convention, just go to BoyceWatkins.com. Um, right there, the URLs on the screen, and uh, and you can get your passes or sign up to be a vendor at the convention or and get your discount hotels. We're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 28th through the 30th. So uh, so thank you all, everybody. God bless you. It was awesome talking to you and uh, also talking to you. It was great talking to you too, babe. I know. It was so nice talking to you. And you know what? I think that we all should do, we all should like take a page out of Russell, Russell Wilson's um, repertoire. We should do the Russell Wilson challenge. Like everybody mm. should just like <laughs> give their wives flowers and then post it. And <laughs> you know what I mean? What? We should do the Russell Wilson challenge. Make that trend on the internet. <laughs> what? Not? I like that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Right, so you gonna yeah. give me some flowers? Hey, I think I see you tomorrow, right? You gonna give me some flowers yeah, tomorrow? Yeah. You know, oh, I don't wow. want to put that pressure on you. You don't have to give me no. No, you don't challenge me to step my game up. 
game for Russell Wilson challenge. And what do y'all think about that? What do y'all like that? What do y'all think? I think that's a great idea, baby. And, uh, and I can't wait to see you in Houston uh, this week. If you if you are in Houston at the at the um, Power Networking Conference, uh, my wife and I will be here all weekend. So uh, we look forward to uh, meeting some of y'all in person. And we love you. And uh, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Share. Subscribe. And uh, another quick thank you to uh, our, one of our sponsors for today, AncientHealingTees.com. Uh, go to uh, th- those websites, the Black Owned Business, and you can use the code word Voice15 to get 15% off. And if you'd like to get a shout out on this platform, just go to drboysfinance.com. We will shout out your business, blow up your platform. You support us. We support you. That's how this thing works. So we love you. Talk to you guys soon. Please have a wonderful day. Peace.